Today we have the pleasure of speaking with Lisa Gabor, who was one of the founding editors of In Style magazine and is now heading up a brand new cannabis division within BPCM, the Strategic Consulting and Communications Agency. BPCM have offices in New York, London and Los Angeles and was founded in 1999 by Vanessa von Bismarck and Carrie Phillips. BPCM represents many of the most well-respected names in fashion, beauty, travel, and spirits. Now, Lisa is here to tell us a little bit more about her work with the cannabis division of BPCM. Lisa, hello. Hello, Claire. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's very exciting. You've got lots of projects in the pipeline, but you have got one in particular, which is coming up later this month. Uh, Before we get onto that, tell me a little bit about you and how you got to this point in your career. Well, Claire, I started in the uh, magazine publishing industry. I was a magazine editor for many, many years. I started at Harper's Bazaar in the fashion department, and then I worked in many different magazines in fashion, beauty, and travel. As you pointed out, I was one of the founding editors of InStyle magazine, which was really a wonderful experience. I was there for many years, and then I went to Fortune magazine, and developed a new business lifestyle magazine for them. I wound up leaving Fortune and publishing the magazine with Chris Anderson, who now runs TED, the TED Conferences. I published that as Fuse Magazine, which is a business lifestyle magazine that was wildly exciting, but sadly uh, fell underneath the weight of the dot-com bubble, went back to Time Inc., ran InStyle.com for a while, left, went to American Express, where I was special projects editor on Departures Magazine, and the editor-in-chief of the Black Card magazine, which was very exciting luxury, luxury magazine covering a lot of travel, which is how I wound up working on the um, launch of GoldenEye. What happened was it was about 2008 and the economic meltdown. Well, it wasn't exactly uh, the time you wanted to be the editor-in-chief of a luxury magazine. So I <laughs> I was very fortunate. I have a friend named Chris Blackwell and uh, he is the founder of Island Records who signed Bob Marley and is very much aligned with Jamaica. And he had a property called GoldenEye. It was the home of Ian Fleming. In yes, the place James where... Bond. I was going to say, I'm a yes. Brit. Of course I know GoldenEye. Of course you do. How so exciting. It was, yes, it was. And it was where Fleming wrote each of the James Bond novels. In fact, Fleming had writer's block. And it wasn't until he found this very magical spot in Jamaica that was really the source, the wellspring of his creativity, that he found a place where he could go. And every year he returned there and each year he wrote a novel, a James Bond novel. Wow, that's incredible. James Bond was born there and James Bond could only return there and, and be brought to life there each year. That is incredible. Isn't that, that is absolutely amazing, particularly for me being a Brit and a massive Bond fan. That is incredible. Wow. And Sting wrote Every Breath You Take while he was staying there. 
And it really is a very, very special place. And it was a place that Chris used to invite friends to come down to. And I was one of them. And it was just this place, this hangout, and people would go and they'd say, hey, Chris, can I come down? And they'd they'd write songs and books. And it, it was just this incredibly special, creative place. And, and everybody said, Chris, you know, you really need to do something and with this place. And, and he'd think about it and think about it. And finally he decided to do something. And he said to me, hey, why don't you join me? Come down and work on it with me. I'll, I want to turn this place into a very special hotel. And I did. And I was very fortunate, and I worked with Chris on creating the brand for Goldeneye, which is now Jamaica's only five-star luxury resort. Wow, what a claim to fame that is. The Bond connection and Jamaica's only five-star hotel. Fantastic stuff. That was not the only benefit. One of the other benefits was having a front row seat to Chris's advocacy for legal cannabis. And that was very, very early on. And I got to see him bring together some really interesting people from Canada and Jamaica. And this was, you know, really, really early days in the movement. And that really sparked something in me. And so here we really- are, a little while later, you are now heading up a brand new cannabis division. Tell me about that role. Well, it really is a matter of trying to get ahead of the culture as it's happening. And people know, I think now that the, some people say the toothpaste is out of the tube, but really cannabis is, it's so much more than this stoner thing that that it was cast at for this illegal drug. I think that most people know that it really is a health and wellness plant. And that is, where cannabis is going. It's being used as hemp, as we know, hemp has been legalized now with the Farm Bill of 2018. So hemp that's being used for fiber, for fuel, for for food, and for medicine, for CBD, right? That's a big wellness trend that we're all very aware of. And that's really, you see it everywhere and it's, it's not going away. And the other cannabinoids, which are being used for health and wellness. And this is the future. And so BPCM has always been very visionary, visionary in its work in sustainability and visionary in its work now in cannabis. And I am so, so honored to be a part of this agency that has innovation as part of its fabric. That sounds like a very exciting project, that's for sure. Which brings me on to, you have a really exciting virtual event planned for later this month. Tell me about it, please. Well, what's really exciting, Claire, are the guests that I have. And really, they span the gamut. And that's what's really, I think, really educational. And when I say educational, it's educational in the best sense, in the fact that everybody can learn about a different piece of the industry. And it really is a good representation of what conscious capitalism is in the cannabis space. And I'll explain that in terms of what each person represents, right? So I'll start with Melanie Dobson from Hudson Hemp. She's a pretty amazing young woman. She is a person who grew up in an agricultural context in the Berkshires. And she went out to California 
And she kind of wound up in the cannabis industry, not by desire, but by accident, as she explains it to me, and I'm sure she will, because that became her path. When I say path, what I have realized is that nobody winds up in the cannabis industry by accident, really. It's kind of a path. They, they it, it happens because there's purpose, and that's what comes out in speaking with everybody. And her purpose was really being there as the cannabis industry has gone from illicit to legal and finding out that her purpose is really tied to the earth and organic farming, regenerative farming practices and giving back to the earth what we take from it. And she's she and her family, her brother and sister are the farmers of Hudson Hemp. And they have joined Abby Rockefeller who owns the property in creating this amazing model farm. And I say model farm because what they have done is taken a farm that was really damaged by conventional farming and turned it into a model of regenerative organic farming. And they were one of the first 10 licensed hemp growers in New York State. And yes, and they are doing an amazing job. And they have created a line. They've created two things that are really interesting at Hudson Hemp. One is the, it's called Hudson Carbon. It's an institute that really brings uh, the study of carbon in the farming context. And the other is a line called Treaty, which is their CBD line that comes from their regenerative farming practices. And Melanie can speak to this better than I can, but that is really her purpose. And it's the environment is stakeholder in the, I would say the language of conscious capitalism. And it's really interesting to hear her speak about it. You also have some other incredible speakers planned for this event. Tell me a little bit about them. Okay, well, I can tell you about Mark Gare. He is uh, really a uh, an interesting guy and he speaks to the medical cannabis part of the equation. And he also speaks to the, um, I would say the homegrown entrepreneur. He is a Connecticut-based entrepreneur. He is the founder of Advanced Grow Labs. They, uh, Advanced Grow Labs, which he founded, was the most successful Connecticut-based medical marijuana company. And they really produce the highest quality pharmaceutical marijuana products for patients in Connecticut. He has wonderful stories about what it was like to start up in this state and how Connecticut has become the model for the rest of the country in terms of what a legal program can look like and how the rest of the country studies Connecticut for what the laws look like here. Real revolutionary, fantastic. Who else have you got speaking on the day at your virtual event? We have Gaynell Rogers, who is an amazing woman. She is really just, her accomplishments blow me away. She's one of the OG women in cannabis. She started her career as a music agent and then got into film. She was working at Pixar in the early days. Then she was recruited to Harborside, which is really, it's a dispensary in California run by Steve D'Angelo, who's really, who's actually been declared the father of legal cannabis. But Gaynell got into cannabis as an activist. 
she was a, a medical patient when she got into it. And she's really been there throughout the, the trajectory of cannabis as it became legal. And she has a very interesting story to tell from an activist's point of view. She then became a founder of the Arc View Group and is today a very well-respected investor in cannabis companies. And the point of view from her investments are in women and minority-owned cannabis businesses. Oh, so she brilliant. really brings a yeah. specific point of view to the table. Fantastic. That's exciting. I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing these people speak, I've got to tell you. We have one more guest, and he has just said yes, and I'm really excited to announce that Al Harrington is our guest. He is a very unique person in that he was an NBA star for many years. A lot of people know the name Al Harrington. A lot of people in this area know the name Al Harrington because he was a New York Nick. He, after retiring from the NBA, he became a cannabis entrepreneur. And he's not only a cannabis entrepreneur, because there are many of those, I would say who followed the quote unquote green rush. But what Al's done is really, really unique. He's gotten into the business with purpose. And he has a wonderful, wonderful story to tell. Not only the foundational story for how he got into the business and why he named his business Viola after his grandmother. I know. I love that. I've got to be honest. I'm a bit of a sucker for that. That alone won me over. (laughs) And and how it helped her. I mean, it really is a, a stunning story. But also, about what his purpose is in the business and how he's really following through on it, especially now. So his really, his stated purpose is social justice and racial equality, inclusion, diversity. And in February of this year, Al founded Viola Cares. So this is his foundation where through education he is really bringing kids with records who were really hurt by the war on drugs into the business in a way that makes sense and the first thing that they did was bring out a program called new leaf a how-to guide for successful re-entry into the culture after a cannabis conviction so he's really putting his money where his mouth is. So they've committed half a million dollars to partner and fund applicants into social equity programs in Los Angeles. They fund food drives. They fund different partnerships in getting people, young kids who have been hurt by the war of drugs back into society. He really puts his actions, his money, where his purpose is. I am so excited to hear all of the speakers. I mean, there's such a lovely selection, a wide array, different approaches, and also coming from different backgrounds. I'm truly excited about the event. Now, the actual virtual event that you have planned is you guys working in collaboration, if you like, with the New York and Connecticut chapters of Conscious Capitalism. Tell me a little bit more about that collaboration. Well, I was in touch with the New York chapter. They had heard through a mutual friend that the division that I've started with BPCM, BPCM Cannabis, was very much aligned with the conscious capitalism pillars. And because of that, they asked me to moderate this event 
back in April at the core club. But of course we know that that couldn't happen because of the quarantine. So it was tabled for a little bit and then it came back in a virtual format. And because of that, we could now open up the conversation to have people who weren't only in New York and we could open it up to have people listening wherever. And it is so exciting because that really makes it a wider event. So that allowed the opportunity for Connecticut to come into the picture. And that's even personally really exciting. Personally for me, because I live in Litchfield, in Litchfield County. And a lot of my colleagues who work at BPCM are also in Litchfield and in Fairfield. So it really makes sense. I'm so excited to be participating with both chapters. It's wonderful that you can arrange this collaboration because like you said, you know, everything is so aligned to those pillars of conscious capitalism and so many good, good things and some real feel-good stories are going to come out of this really exciting virtual event. Now, tell me about the event. When is it? How can people get involved? Is there a website, an email address? How do people reach out to you and take part and uh, not miss this exciting event that you've got planned later this month? Thank you, Claire. I'm so excited. It is June 25th, a Thursday, June 25th at three o'clock, three o'clock Eastern time. And the way to reach me is lisa at bpcm.com. We will have a page on our website at bpcm.com. It's digital events. You'll see it on the website. We'll also have a place on Instagram where we'll be posting, which is thisisnow.live. And I'm sure that you'll be promoting it too on the different conscious capitalism platforms. So there's that. Just to confirm, I mean, this is this is open to anybody who has an Absolutely. interest, isn't it? This isn't limited to members of conscious capitalism, whether it be the Connecticut chapter or New York. This is open to anybody and everybody who has an interest in conscious cannabis, which is what the event is called, and social good you know, in any kind of social enterprise in this way. It's open to anyone, isn't it? Claire, the event is open to anybody who's interested. And what's really exciting is interviewing these people, speaking to everybody about cannabis through the lens of conscious capitalism. And what I really want to know, and I think everybody does, is how did these people get into cannabis? And what's their path? What's their purpose? How do they turn their purpose into a business? And what do they see for cannabis? Because we all know it's not a clear, straight shot. What do they think will happen? What's their prediction? So I think that that's something there's for everyone. So I'd love everybody to tune in and find out. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So that event is happening on Thursday, the 25th of June, uh, three o'clock kickoff. Make sure that you uh, check out the social media for BPCM, for Conscious Capitalism. We will all be promoting it, I'm sure. And it will be great to see you there. And you can uh, educate yourself with some absolute industry experts. Lisa, it's been a privilege and a pleasure. Thank you so much. I wish you all the luck in the world in your role and with your webinar virtual event on Thursday, the 25th of June. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Claire.